We are super excited about sports camp this year. Last year, we were not able to have sports camp. We're going to be able to have it this summer. It's going to be a little bit different because we're going to have it over the course of a weekend. And so Friday night, it's going to be all about family and fun and fireworks. Saturday is going to be a normal sports camp type day. And then Sunday, we're going to have our normal uh, Sunday morning services. And then we're going to have a huge closing ceremonies, big events happening after church on Sunday. So really want to encourage you to sign your child up for sports camp. Sign up to volunteer. It's all hands on deck. It's really only one weekend. And so love for you guys uh, to join us. We've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids come to a saving knowledge of Jesus at sports camp. So I hope you'll sign up and be a part of it. Go to our website, graystonechurch.com. Today is the 4th of July, so happy 4th of July. Uh, We decided to have an online service today because we wanted to give our volunteers, we wanted to give our hardworking staff a Sunday off. It has been crazy since we reopened the church after the COVID-19 pandemic, and so we're so grateful for our volunteers. We don't have as many volunteers as we used to have, and so those that we do have, we do not want to burn them out. So if you're one of our incredibly faithful, hardworking volunteers, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for serving at Greystone Church and hope you enjoy uh, this weekend off. And so our staff is on the live chat right now. And so whether you're watching on our website, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, I want to encourage you to go onto the chat and say hello to our staff. Let us know where you're watching from and let us know who you're watching with. And so I'd love to hear where you are. I've talked to so many people this week and they're like, we're going to be out of town. Uh, But you can watch wherever you are. So if you're at the beach, you're at the mountains, you're at the lake, you're at the swimming pool, uh, you're you're in your living room in your pajamas drinking coffee, whatever, wherever you are, say hello uh, on the live chat. I'm actually here at Steve the Neighbors. (laughs) I'm at Steve the Neighbors backyard in front of his beautiful fireplace. Uh, As we all know, Steve loves to build uh, a fire. And so happy 4th of July in honor of Independence Day. I want to share a message today on freedom. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 12. So if you want to have, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm just going to tell the story, but you can follow uh, along. So we're in Acts chapter 12. We're in this series called Stories of Faith. And this is an incredible story. And it takes place 10 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. So we're around AD uh, 43. We're in Jerusalem and the church is growing. Like the church is is exploding, the word of, word of God is spreading, the kingdom of God is expanding. And whenever the church is on the move and whenever God is doing great things, there's going to be persecution, there's going to be opposition. We've, we've seen it at Greystone. You know, whenever, whenever God's moving in a powerful way, of course there's going to be opposition and persecution. And so King Herod decides that he is going to persecute the Christians. And he decides to arrest some of the key leaders. He actually has James, the apostle James, killed. He executes James with the sword. And James is actually the first of the disciples who dies. And then his brother, John, you remember Peter, James, and John, the Jesus inner circle? Uh, James is the first disciple who dies. And then John is the last of the disciples who dies. Well, so all the Jews seem to be pleased with Herod's decision to execute James. And so he decides, I'm going to arrest the leader of the church. And so he arrests Peter. And he puts Peter in prison, and he plans to 
uh, put Peter on trial the next day, this public trial, and we assume it's going to end in the execution of Peter. And so Peter is in prison, uh, and the church begins to pray. The church pulls an all-nighter, and the church is actually meeting at Mary's house. Mary, the mother of John Mark, John Mark, uh, the one who wrote the gospel of Mark, this is his mom, Mary. She's actually the aunt of Barnabas. Barnabas and Paul are sent off in the, on the first missionary journey a few months later. And so they're at the house, they're at Mary's house, and they're earnestly praying. They're pulling an all-nighter in prayer. Peter is in prison. He's going on trial the next day. And Peter is in chains. It says that he is, he's in shackles, that he has 16 guards that are watching him, four <laughs> four uh, squads of four. So he has 16 soldiers. He's in, he's in the inner circle. He's in chains. He has a guard on either side of him, and, and he's in prison. And what is Peter doing? Peter is sleeping. This, this is amazing to me that one of his best friends, James, has just been killed. It looks like he might get killed the next day. Uh, he's in prison. The church is praying, and Peter is sleeping. He's sleeping between two guards. And all of a sudden, this angel comes and, and he hits Peter and, and he wakes him up and this bright light fills up the prison cell. And the angel says to Peter, he says, get up. And as soon as he says that, the chains just fall off of Peter's hands. And he says, put on your clothes, put on your sandals, put on your coat, let, let, like, let's go. And the angel begins to escort Peter out of the prison. They walk to the first Gate, and the gate just opens on its own. <laughs> and they walk past the second gate, and the gate opens on its own. And they get to the, to the outer gate, the gate to the city, and just opens on its own. And Peter can't believe this is happening. Like, Peter thinks he's dreaming. He thinks he's seeing a vision. He doesn't realize this is actually happening. And then they walk about uh, a, one length of a street, and all of a sudden the angel disappears, and Peter's free. And he, and he can't believe it's happening. So the first thing he does is he, he runs over to the house where the church is gathered and they're pulling this all-nighter in prayer and he knocks on the door. And this young girl, Rhoda, comes to the door and she says, who is it? And he, he says, it's Peter. I'm here. I, I've, I've escaped from prison. God has rescued me. And she gets so excited about it, she forgets to open the door for Peter. He's like at the, the outer courtyard she runs back into the house and she tells the church, Peter's at the door. And the church says, you're crazy. You're out of your mind like Peter's in prison. Now, th this, is, this is fascinating to me because the church is having an all-night prayer meeting, praying for God to release Peter from prison. God answers their prayer, but they don't believe it. They say, you're out of your mind. You're, you're crazy. How often do we do that? Like we're praying for a miracle. We're praying for God to move. We're praying for God to do the impossible. And then when God does it, we, we doubt it. We, we don't believe it. We, we can't believe that, uh, that it's happened. About a month ago, uh, many of you know that, that Jennifer's mom, my wife's mom, has been battling cancer. And then she had an obstruction in, in her small intestine, and so she was, she was in the hospital. 
And it wasn't looking good. She couldn't eat anything, and she's losing all this weight. She was down to 99 pounds. And the doctors came to us and said, we have, we have a choice to make. We can either move her into hospice, or we can do this, this risky surgery. But in the, in the condition she's in, the health that she's in, she may not make it through the surgery. And we weren't sure what to do, but we prayed. Our whole church prayed. Her whole church prayed. Her pastor, I love her pastor. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to get a mental image in your mind of her pastor, but he, he's a skinny guy. He's a young guy. He's a jogger, but he's got one of these long ZZ Top Duck Dynasty beards, and he shows up at the hospital with some oil, and he lays hands on her, anoints her with oil, prays for her. God answers our prayer. God does a miracle, <laughs> and she's out of the hospital. She's gained 13 pounds. The chemo is working. The cancer is shrinking. The obstruction has loosened up, and she's walking down the street one day, and she runs into her pastor, and it's like he can't believe that she's there, and then he's like, why did I doubt? Why, why, why can't I believe that God has done this miracle, and then the last Sunday, uh, the pastor introduced her in front of the whole church and the congregation, and everybody was just so excited about what God had done. When we pray, church, let's pray believing in faith. Let's pray believing that God can do a miracle. Let's pray expecting that God is going to answer the prayers that we are praying, and, and let's give him the glory. Let's give him the praise. And so finally, the church comes, and they open the door, and it's Peter, and they start yelling and screaming, and they're all excited that Peter's out of prison, and Peter's like, be quiet, you know, calm down, like I've just escaped, you know, I don't want to get caught. And Peter tells them, he says, he says, go and tell James and tell the brothers what the Lord has done. Now, this is another great lesson for us. When God answers our prayer, when God does a miracle, he wants us to testify about it. He wants us to tell other people about it. He wants us to spread the good news. And so he says, go and tell James. Now, this is a different James. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus, who, who wrote the book of James. He actually had become the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And so I want to encourage you to, when God does a miracle, when God answers prayer, like, let's Let's celebrate it. Let's testify to it. Let's, let's talk about the, the great things that God has done. I want to encourage you right now on the chat, like just on the chat, wherever you're watching, let's just celebrate what God has done. What is something that God has done in your life? Like God is moving. We've had people being baptized. We've had, we've had people have babies. God has blessed you with, with a child. We've had people who were able to buy new houses and God is healing people. God is moving. Let, let's get on the chat right now and celebrate and testify and and, and give God the glory. Let's praise him for this great work that he, is, that he is doing. You know, I want to testify about our church. And we've made it through this, this pandemic. We had to close the doors of the church for four months. We weren't sure what was going to happen. 20% of churches in America are having to close their doors. They're, they're, like, they're like shutting down. But God has been so good to us. We didn't have to downsize. We didn't have to close the campus. We didn't have to let go of any staff or any, any interns. God has provided for us. 
Typically in the summer, we're over 100,000 behind in our offering. This year, we're over 100,000 ahead. I mean, God is moving in a powerful way. And let's give him the glory. Let's give him the praise. Like, let's throw some, hit some of those hearts on the chat. Let's, let's get the rays in the roof. Like, God is moving in such a powerful way. People are coming to Christ. People are crashing the waters of baptism. People are being healed. God is doing great things. And let's celebrate it. Let's, let's give him the glory. Let's give him the honor. Let's give him the praise. Now, I want to keep my message short today because I know everybody's online and I know everybody's watching from, from different places. But I want to close with, with one thought, and that's this idea of freedom. You may feel like you are trapped. You may feel like you're in bondage. You, you may feel like you're in prison. And you could be in bondage to sin. You could be in bondage to an addiction, whether that's drugs or alcohol or, or pornography. You could be in bondage to the past, like something's happened in your past and you just, you just can't get over it. And so you're angry and you're, you're bitter and you're in, this, you're in bondage to unforgiveness. Like there's someone in your life that you need to forgive and you need to to let it go, or, or maybe you're in bondage to shame or in bondage to, to guilt, or maybe you're in bondage to debt, like, you're, like you know, your finances, or maybe you're in bondage to a disease or, or a sickness, and you just feel trapped and you feel stuck and you feel like there's, there's just no way out. <laughs> you feel like Peter, you know, Peter was in chains, he was in prison, and, and, and it looked like there was... There was no way out, but God can provide a way out. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to give you life, abundant life, life to the full. And so, so wherever you feel trapped, wherever you feel like you're in bondage, the Son can set you free. Jesus came to set you free. The truth can set you free free. Let's pray that God can do the impossible. God can open the prison doors. God can part the Red Sea. God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. He can set you free. Whatever it is today, I want to encourage you. Let's pray in faith, church. Let's pray believing. Let's pray that God is going to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Whatever it is, give it to God today. And if you feel like you're in this prison of sin, that's the reason that Jesus came. He died on the cross for you. He paid the penalty for you. He wants to forgive you of your sins, to wash you as white as snow and give you eternal life. So I want to encourage you right now. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And let's give our lives to Christ. Whatever it is, let's give it to him and trust him to do what only he can do. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that he came and he died on the cross for our sins. He paid the penalty for us. He came to set us free. He came to give us life. God, I pray there's anyone watching, anyone listening who has never put his or her faith in you, God, I pray today would be the day of their salvation, that they would put their faith in you, surrender their life to you. God, I pray for those who feel like they're stuck. They're in bondage. Maybe they're stuck in a job and they're, 
they feel like they're in bondage to sin or, or maybe they're uh, in bondage to a disease or a sickness. Maybe they're in bondage to debt. God, I pray they would give it to you today. As the church prayed all night at Mary's house, I, I pray that, that we would pray. God, we pray for prodigal children to come home. God, we pray for, uh, for financial needs to be, net, to be met. God, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God, we pray for healing for those people who need healing and they're in bondage to a particular disease or sickness. God, I pray that you would heal them. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. God, our true freedom comes from a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would free us from sin, free us from bondage. Set the prisoners free. And I pray, God, for each person, God, we could live life to the full. We could live the abundant life that you've called us to live. And we pray it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.